we're going to jump back into the series about the everlasting kingdom of God. This is a massive series. My heart is that our church becomes so kingdom-minded, right? The early church was so kingdom-minded. Those disciples that followed Jesus lived their life. For that three and a half years, they lived their life expecting the kingdom to manifest. Isn't that amazing? Well, tonight, you know, I want to encourage you, if you have not listened to the first two messages, go back and listen. This is, we're laying a foundation. The last time we were together, we even talked about, we went into Daniel's vision, where, where, Neb, where Nebuchadnezzar, he, he had this dream about this statue, and it represented all the kingdoms that would be in, human, in, in humanity. And, uh, and then Daniel... He literally interpreted it for, and it, and it talked about this kingdom that God would plant in the earth among all these earthly kingdoms, but this kingdom would literally grow and literally it would, it would smite the earthly kingdoms. They would turn into dust, and all of a sudden you see in the book of Revelation how the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God. You are part of the kingdom of God. You are living in the kingdom. We, we talked about how in Colossians chapter 1, it says you've been transferred out of the delegated influence of darkness, Satan's kingdom, and you've been put into the kingdom of God's dear son. That's where you and I are at right now. So just to review just a little bit, and then we're going to get into something else here. The purpose... We remember we went through this, I think this is the third time, and this is message three. The purpose of Jesus coming in the flesh was to bring the kingdom of God to this earth and get it into the hearts of men. Not just bring the kingdom to the earth, but and get it into the hearts of men. And there were three principles that we mentioned that you must know and have revelation of. You have to know this. Not knowing these three principles will literally, it will literally put you in a passive position against Satan. Right? You, any false doctrine will always put you in a passive position against Satan. We receive everything by faith or through faith. And if you don't know what the will of God is, you can't have faith. So if you think God blesses some and not others, heals some and not others, you can't have faith in that. That's how come God says, I don't change. I'm no respecter of persons. I'll never pull anything back. And he's a healer. He's a provider. So that you can know the will of God so that faith could be birthed and you could lay hold of your inheritance. Principle number one, in creation... Man was to administer the kingdom of God on this earth. That's principle number one. That's what Adam and Eve and all their kids were to do. Principle number two, the fall of man. When Adam and Eve sinned, the fall of man was a loss of the kingdom of God on this earth. You have to know that. Principle number three, the purpose of redemption was to restore the kingdom of God on the earth and restore man into the kingdom 
And Jesus did that. Isn't that good news? As we go through this, and I'll tell you, here's another thing. It burns in my heart to see the church filled with signs and wonders and miracles. Do you know Jesus had signs and wonders and miracles? So I think if we want to get the same results as Jesus got in his ministry, we should probably preach what he preached. And you're going to see, what did he preach? He preached the kingdom of God. He said the kingdom is here, and I'm telling you, healing was always a result. It's amazing. God's plan, again, he brought the kingdom of God to this earth through Jesus again, and he's restored man into the kingdom. So now you and I, right now, in your life, in my life, we are to administer the kingdom of God on this earth. When you go to a restaurant, you need to be very kingdom-minded. You need to bind Satan, bind, bind him. Listen, I'm here, the kingdom is here, and it dispels darkness. So while I'm eating my omelet, you're not going to be lying to people. And, and I'm, I'm praying for open doors of utterance to minister to people, right? This is how we live, at your job, in your marriage, for you, for you young people that are going back to school, in your schools. Listen, when you go into your school, that's the kingdom of God. Every place your foot treads upon. Don't see the church is to affect the culture of the world. What we're seeing, it's weird. The culture of the world is affecting the church. And you're going to see this. God wants you to overcome that's part of being in the kingdom. You overcome. Read the first three chapters. Actually, really, chapter, really the first three chapters of, of the book of Revelation, those are the chapters that are for right now for us today. I mean, the other 19 chapters are great so that we know what's going to happen so that we can tell people and all this other stuff. There's a blessing. But the first three chapters, those letters to the seven churches, every letter ended with, he who over, overcomes right? I will give him to eat of the tree of life. I will do this. He who overcomes, he who overcomes. God has made you a world overcomer. But you have to understand, you have to understand the kingdom. You have to understand that you're in the kingdom and what that means. So this is very, very important. Remember we said this, what is a kingdom? If you break that word down, kingdom, it starts with the word king. That's a monarch or a ruler. Dom. That is a word that means dominion. It literally means the territory or the people who are subject to the rule of the king. Right? The governing influence of a king over his territory. You're in the kingdom of God and God is to rule and reign his will is to rule and reign in your life. Satan's going to come as an outlaw and try to bring lack, but there is no lack in the kingdom. And as you get revelation knowledge of that, you will get all the lack out of your life. His kingdom has come. So now God gave us the name of Jesus and said, okay, now you go enforce this. 
And you expand this kingdom in the earth. So this is what a kingdom is. God has the final say. Do you realize you belong to him? You were purchased. Spirit, soul, and body. Depression has no place in your life. Fear has no place in your life. Sickness and disease has no place in your life. Man, if you're believing God, if the enemy's unlawfully attacked you, you need to open your mouth and speak up and say, oh, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 I reject that. I want to encourage you. You reject sickness and disease. You reject it from the inside. What do I mean by that? Your spirit's not sick. Sickness is on the outside of you. It's in your physical body. Reject it. Command it to leave. It has no legal right because you're in the kingdom and you're righteous. Amen. Well, that just sounds so new when people hear that. People fight that. Well, don't fight me. I'll delete the email. But read the Bible, right? I have no problem deleting an email. If it comes hard copy, I have no problem. We have a big shredder in our, in our office. Man, that thing is awesome. Right? Had one guy almost want to punch me years ago because he wrote me a big love letter. And I got to about the third sentence and he was just bashing on Andrew Womack. About the first and second sentence, he was bashing on Andrew. And then the third sentence, he started bashing on me. I deleted that. I just, I just shredded it. And when he said, hey, you never called me back. I'm like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to. No, did you read the letter? I said, no. What? That's why God created the shredder and the delete button. I know you're laughing, but do you ever read that nonsense? Does it make you feel good? Does it bring you into life? No, 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 right? Anyway, how do we get off on all that? So we said this at the end of last time we were together, that Satan's kingdom manifests itself through the world system, Okay? Satan is called the God, small g, of the world system. That word world, when, when Jesus said he was the God of this world, it's the, it's the Greek word cosmos. It means world system, right? Satan's kingdom will manifest through the world system. In other words, the whole kingdom of this world is designed to create fear and unbelief, and it's designed to put you in a position where Satan can steal, kill, and destroy. Right? It's, it's, it'll, it'll cause you to get in the toil and all this stuff. But God's system, the kingdom of God, where does that manifest? It manifests through the church. The kingdom, you are in the kingdom. You're going to see as we study this, the kingdom is in you. Figure that one out. you got to get revelation of these things. But the kingdom of God manifests through the church on this earth. So this is so, so very important. So let's go to Luke chapter 1. You guys doing okay? Yes. Luke chapter 1. I'm about to explode, so pray for me. Luke chapter 1, verse 30. Luke chapter 1, verse 30, it says this. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary. So now we know what's going on. This is when the angel appeared to Mary 
as probably a 12-year-old little girl, just she was probably young, 12, 13 years old, and, and, and was telling her, hey, you're going to have a son. Right? So that's what this is talking about. Said this, for you have found favor with God. They figure she was probably 12, maybe 13. I've heard as high as 15. Isn't that amazing how middle schoolers and high schoolers can find favor with God? Wow. This lady, what a, what a woman of faith. You know, Mary preached, in my opinion, outside of Jesus, the greatest sermon on faith at the wedding of Cana in Galilee. Here it was, right? She's a lot like my wife, a woman of few words. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Boy, that'll get you far in life, right? It says this, for you have found favor with God, verse 31. And behold, the Greek word would be wow. The angel would have been like going, wow. If he was from California, he'd be like, wow, dude, this is amazing. That's literally that Greek word, very enthusiastic. I mean, in, in other words, the angel was bringing news that was even kind of just going, man, this is kind of like blowing my mind. But I mean, this is, this is big. Behold, you're going to conceive in your womb. You're going to bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and he shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God, the father, shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Isn't that powerful? Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah 9, 6 says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor. I love this one, the Mighty God. That word mighty in the Hebrew language means the hero God. He is the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The kingdom of God is the realm in which God's will is fulfilled. You have to be in the kingdom. You can't join the kingdom. You have to be born into the kingdom. It's the kingdom over which God rules. It is God's jurisdiction. It is God's government. That's why when you're in the kingdom, you could say, Satan, you got to leave my life. I know who I am, right? And I know whose I am. And I'm in the kingdom of God, and we need to start doing like Eve should have done. When that serpent came in the Garden of Eden, she should have said, listen, you shut up and get out. That's what we do with Satan, right? You humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. You resist the devil, how? With, his, with God's word, and he will flee from you. God's administration is in his kingdom. Heaven's influence. God's impact and influence. Do you realize you, as you're sitting here tonight, your life, you are in this jurisdiction where God's governing. God's administrating. Heaven's influencing. 
God is impacting. God is influencing. God's dominion over the earth system. Do you realize the kingdom that you're in? It in every way has dominion over the world system. It will change. In any situation, you will prosper even when the world is not. An example of that was Isaac. Hundredfold return in the year of famine. Do you see how we need to renew our mind to the kingdom? When you realize that you've been made righteous and placed into the kingdom of God, you become untouchable. And that's how you walk in your dominion. God's desire is that his kingdom would dominate the earth and make it just like heaven. He wants you to walk on this earth in days of heaven upon the earth. Oh, all hell will be breaking loose. I mean, kind of like the children of Israel when they were in Egyptian captivity. Those plagues, remember? Sore darkness came over the land. Could you imagine living right next to the boundary? Here is where the Egyptians are living, and then you got this little Jewish man and his family living in this little hut as a slave right across the street. And he couldn't even see into that because it was dark, but the sun was shining where he was. And that's exactly the way it is for us. Satan will try to yell and scream and go, hey, you better get afraid. Famine's coming. Sickness is coming. Pestilence is coming. And you need to jump up. If you're kingdom-minded, you'll jump up and say, it's not coming here. Oh, it might be all around me. A thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it won't come near me. Why? Because I'm in the kingdom. I'm under God's influence. And my, the kingdom of God will dominate the earth kingdom. Satan is defeated. Right? This is big. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Hallelujah. This is so big in me. You know, I'm saying things and I'm like, oh God, this is so much better than what it sounds like. But the Holy Spirit will make up the difference. This, the more you peer into this, the more it will thrill your heart. This is, this is the environment where all things become possible because you believe. This is, this is the environment why you walk in dominion. You are under the influence of God. This is so powerful. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, or in the Greek would say with the Holy Ghost, even with power. And that was dunamis. That's miraculous power that has been released. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, even with miraculous released power, who went about doing good, and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Why? Because God was with him. Do you know God's with you in his kingdom? Jesus preached the gospel. The definition of the word gospel is, is good news. We say it's good news. Really, it's news that is so good, it just seems too good to be true. But that's what the gospel is. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom 
and he preached repentance. What do you mean? He went about preaching the gospel, the good news that the kingdom of God is here and that because it's here, you should change your mind, your will, and your purpose and completely turn turn from the way you've been going and now turn to the kingdom. Kingdom thinking, kingdom speaking, kingdom acting. That's what Jesus did. Repentance, it's turning from all else to the kingdom. It is about time that Christians repent and turn from all else, all the junk, all the busyness, all the distraction, all the just the pride, the self-centeredness, and turn to the kingdom because in that kingdom is Zoe life. To be witnesses of the kingdom of God, we must see it That means getting revelation knowledge of the kingdom and we must experience it. You can't give what you don't have. You can't go somewhere that you, you can't lead somebody to go with you somewhere that you haven't been, right? God desires for us to discover and understand and operate our lives in the kingdom. And that's why we've got to preach this. Because how can we do that if we don't ever hear what the word says? Well, we'll never be able to say that again, right? After this series. Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God so much that his disciples were kingdom-minded. Even after he was raised from the dead, he appeared to over 500 people, over a 40-day period of time, and what did he preach on? Same thing, the kingdom. Before he went to heaven, he, he preached on the kingdom. They talked and thought about the kingdom of God. They literally, as they walked with him, were thinking, is it going to manifest here today? Is the kingdom going to manifest? They were looking for an earthly kingdom, But the kingdom was manifesting all around them. Healing, deliverance, right? Being kingdom of God minded, this is what gives you and I, as children of God, a proper focus. And this is what helps us prioritize our life. Why do Christians, why do they prioritize their their life wrong? Listen, the most important thing in your life is the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you, if you'll get with God and start putting him first, you'll start seeing that. And what it'll do is it'll literally equip you to prioritize your your life correctly. And boy, I'll tell you, you'll start experiencing Zoe life. And that's why we must do that. Being kingdom of God minded will give you a proper focus. And it'll help you correctly prioritize your life. So let's go to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. Let me give you an example of this in just a couple verses. Verse 20 says this, and we're going to read verses 20 through 22. I'm going to start saying that because I tend to go a little faster 
you know, and people who take notes, don't be frustrated. Your spirit's getting whatever you forget to write down. But realize this, if you really want to stop the frustration, give yourself a break and tell yourself, I'll just listen to this again. I'll sit down with a pad of paper and my Bible. Because see that, yeah, yeah, you have to, right? Because this is like a 5,000 course meal or 5,000 calorie meal in, right? Just a few minutes. So, but when you do that, what's really cool is, man, you could just hit that stop button, that pause button on the computer, because God will start giving you other scriptures. He'll start talking to you about things. Why? Because you're to administer the kingdom. You're not even here for you. Right? We said this Sunday, God didn't place you and I in the earth to make something of us. He placed you and I in the earth to make something of others. God already made something of you and I. The moment we got born again, we were given everything. It says here, verse 20, Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring certain thing, a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What do you want? You could just see Jesus. Here comes Zebedee's mom, or here comes Zebedee's wife. James and John's mother, right? And she's wanting something. So Jesus asked her, what do you want? She said, grant. She said unto him, grant that these two, these my two sons may sit the one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, you know not what you ask. Are you able to drink of and to be baptized with the bapti baptism that I am baptized with? Right? Why would Zebedee's wife say that? Because all they talked about was the kingdom. Why would she say, listen, let James and John sit on your right hand and your left hand? That's sitting in the throne. He talked about this all the time. That's why she's asking this. You could just see. She hears about, oh man, you know, Jay Iris was there and, and hey, Zeb, they took James and John with them in when he wrote, you know, when he, when God rose uh, Jay Iris' daughter from the dead and the Mount of Transfiguration, hey, Zeb, they took James and John. I don't know why they took that Peter guy, but they took our sons up there. So she started thinking, you know, I... He likes them. And they're like, out of the 12, they're like one and two, because Peter's definitely not one and two. He's got to be three, at least, right? That, I mean, you start to look at this. Luke chapter 19, verse 11 says this. Luke chapter 19, verse 11. And as they heard these things, he added and spoke a parable because he was near to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. They were hearing him teaching, and they are sitting there thinking, the kingdom is about to appear right here. He talked about it so much. Like I said earlier, Jesus spent 40 days before his ascension preaching about the kingdom of God, how it has come, it is here. Acts chapter 1, we know this scripture. Acts chapter 1 in verses 1 through 3, it says this. 
The former treatise. What is that? That's the book of Luke. Have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus, I love this, began both to do and to teach. Jesus, when he was on the earth and after his ascension, began to do and teach. It says began because now he handed it off to us and now we are to do and to teach. It just was the beginning then. This deal is still going on. And it's not going to get, it's, it's, it's literally never going to diminish. It's always going to increase until the whole earth is covered and all the nations of this world become the kingdoms of our God. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. I want to make sure you guys know, guys, I'm here for 40 days and then I'm gone and I'm turning this thing completely over to you. But I've got to teach you about things pertaining to the kingdom of God. If you mention the kingdom of God today, most Christians will go, well, you know, yeah, we sing the Lord's Prayer and it talks about a kingdom. It talks about his kingdom coming. Yeah, that's an Old Testament prayer. It's here. Right now, it's here. So to make the kingdom of God our first priority, we must receive revelation knowledge from the word of God about the kingdom. So we are completely reliant upon the Holy Spirit to open these verses to us. We can't see them. Within myself, I am not the, the level of a teacher. I am not smart enough. I don't walk in enough of anything within myself to show you anything about the kingdom of God. We have to completely rely on the Holy Spirit of God. He is the revealer of the word of God. He must open it. The cool thing is we have the mind of Christ so we can receive it, right? And I got to tell you, I'm ready. Man, I'm ready. Lord, thank you for speaking through me, right? Through, through these words, but the anointing that is upon the word of God. But see, I'm speaking, but it's connecting with the Holy Spirit teaching you inside right now. And the hungrier you are, the more you'll see. The word of God reveals the mystery and also it reveals the keys of his kingdom. The mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's keys too. It's amazing. And I'll, get, I'll tell you what, we can't, see, you're not smart enough to figure this out on your own. But when the Holy Spirit reveals it, even a little kid can gain full understanding of it. It's simple. The word of God reveals the mysteries and the keys of his kingdom. This is how we enter kingdom life, through revelation knowledge 
of the word of God about his kingdom. That's how you and I, we're already in the kingdom. The kingdom's in us, but we have to enter in to kingdom life where now we are, it's our priority. Now I prioritize my life based on my center. My number one priority is God, is seeking first his kingdom. And, that's, and that happens as a result of gaining revelation knowledge of his kingdom. So let's talk about this. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to go in detail here. We're going to talk about Matthew chapter 6 because it talks about a big part of the kingdom of God. A big part of kingdom living. You could say this. Here is the doorway into kingdom life. you got to get this right. Let's look at it. Lay up. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust does corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. Verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Why would you do this? For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Notice it doesn't say where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. It says no, where your treasure is. That's where your heart is. Now, is God saying, okay, all of you guys empty all your investments, get rid of all your money? Well, he couldn't be saying that because there's so many scriptures that talk about if you honor God, right? I could, I could hear those questions. Let me just read one scripture to you. Just, and there's so many, but I'll just read one. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Honor the Lord, in verse 9, with your substance and with the first fruits of all of your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty. Well, no time out. I thought, I, I thought it just told me not to lay up treasures on the earth. It did. You should see your faces right now. Well, what's he talking about? I'm just going to smile. Look at what it says. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses shall burst out with new wine. Lay, up, lay not up for yourself treasures on the earth. Right? Notice in Matthew chapter 6, it's saying, don't you lay up for yourself treasures on the earth. Notice Proverbs chapter 3 says, you sow, you honor God in your giving, and God says, I will fill your storehouses. See, it's not, he doesn't want you to not have anything. He just doesn't want you to be laying it up for yourself. He wants you to seek him first. 
He wants you to be focused on you laying up treasures in heaven. How do you do that? You walk with your eyes fixed on Jesus. You lay aside the weights, every sin that so easily besets you, right? We are to lay aside the weights, the sin which does so easily beset us. We are to fix our eyes on Jesus and walk in the love of God. Walk by the faith of God doing what? Seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness, which means how do I lay up treasures in heaven? I am kingdom-minded and I go around administering the kingdom. And that lays up treasures. I am laying up treasures in heaven and nothing can touch that. But if I want to spend my life, pastor, I can't help I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do anything because I've, you know, I can't come to church on Wednesday night because I'm too tired because I work too much and I, and I can't come to a, a Bible study. And Do you know how many times I will say something that I know there's someone in our church that just talked to me about a need and, and we literally went through all of it but they weren't here. I mean, I, it, it's hilarious. Now, I, it's not my job to tell you what to do because you're a New Testament believer. But I'm telling you, if you will seek first the kingdom, the Bible says everything will be added to you. You're not adding it. He adds it. And you might think you can save some money. I'm telling you, we are living in a time of multiplication, guys. Do you know how many pastors, how many, uh, here's, here's a big one right now, itinerant ministers that are out there, they're called to travel and to minister, to go in and minister in places where a pastor can't, to, to go into places with the word of God and the gifts that they are in, to go, to go into churches and say things that people will receive that will help those local churches, but they're struggling because they, they can't get the money. Money is, stop, money is stopping me. My response would be, get kingdom-minded. And, and that's you gotta, you got to throw that flesh on the altar, because if you ever had financial trouble, it will talk to you. It'll get right in your face. You can feel it. The phone rings and you're like, oh. right? Kingdom-minded. Don't lay up for your, look, notice how it says this. Are you getting revelation on this? Don't lay up for yourselves. People are spending all their energy laying up stuff for themselves. Talk to people that honor God in their finances. God gives them a beautiful house and all they talk about is, man, I want to use this house to minister to other people. I want to do this. I want to, I want to do that. I want, you know, it's just why? Because kingdom-minded. This is for everyone. Everyone. And it starts right where you are. What is your first step? Have no idea. But the Holy Ghost knows your first step. He'll walk you out of poverty. He'll walk you out of everything that has the kingdom of God, uh, or that has the kingdom of darkness all over it. He'll walk you completely out of that. He'll get all that junk out of your life so all that's left is you in the kingdom of God and you're flourishing. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Why? Because where, this is a principle of the kingdom. 
Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Right? I can't, you know, I can't get in the word today because, man, I, I drive a black car and it rained. And I just have to, I have to spend three hours waxing that thing. Get over yourself. Right? Now look at this. He's going to go on and explain. This is a big, this is a big principle. Verse 22. The light, now he's going to start to tell you how this works. The light of the body is the eye. Is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, this Greek word means if it be clear, if it be simple. This Greek word means simple and it means clear. Your whole body shall be full of light. The light of your body is your eye. If your eye is clear, right? If your eye is clear, if things are simple, my life is very simple. Very simple. That's my, that, that is my whole thing right there. If I ever stop moving on my own way, my spirit will be like, what in the world? Get your butt over here. Why? Because I feed my spirit the word of God all the time, so it's strong enough to slap my flesh, get it back on the altar, and throw me back in the right place. Right? But then it says here, but if your eye be evil. Now notice he said this right after this whole thing about laying up for yourself treasures on the earth versus treasures in heaven. It's really interesting. This is really, you're going to see, he's talking a lot about finances. Let me just let you in a little bit. Trusting God in your life begins in your finances. And yes, we are not taking another offering tonight. Right? And we're not going to have a guest minister come in here and talk about finances because your pastor should. Because you guys, if you don't trust me in that way, then go find another church. Right? But, but this is important. This is what the word talks about. Trusting God in your life will begin with your finances. That's step number one. It's amazing that like 3% of Christians tithe. Now, we don't live in that world here. But I still remember the struggle I had with it. Thinking, man, if I tithe, how am I going to pay my bills? Right? Now, eating's optional, breathing's optional, living in a house is optional, honoring God? No, 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 no. He he loves me so much, I'm going to always honor him. And it makes my eye clear so I can see clearly that he's my provider. I don't have to worry about all this stuff. It says here, but if, verse 23, but if your eye be evil, this is what this word evil means in the Greek. If your eye be full of labors, if your eye be full of toil, this is mental anguish in relation to work and things. If your eye is cloudy, 
right? If, if, see, if your eye is evil, if, if your eye is full of hardships, toils, your whole body will be full of darkness. Your whole body. Pastor, could, could sickness and disease in some people's life be a result of all the stress, the financial stress that they're going through? Just try, have, you ever, have you ever been in lack? You just sit there. Everything within you is trying to figure out what to do. And all that does is take you deeper. Man, I remember just being in the corporate world, seeing people that were in sales, they would get so frozen that you'd have to literally let them go because they couldn't produce because of the, 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 their eye was so evil or full of toil. Their, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Now he's going to explain it more. Now he's going to go a little deeper into this whole thing with treasure. No man, verse 24, can serve two masters. The Bible is starting to talk about that there's two masters. And these masters, they both have distinct systems of operation. God is one, and mammon is the other one. And they have systems. Mammon, the world system, is all about that. For either he... It, now, now get this. You've got to see this. We're talking about how to enter kingdom life. You can't serve two masters. Which tells me it's impossible for you to serve God and serve mammon. It's impossible. That's how come... Be careful with somebody teaching on the prosperity message. I don't just want to know what they're teaching. They could be teaching some good stuff, but if it's a wrong motive, if it's starting to connect with your flesh, man, I could get this and I could get that. Be careful with that. Because you can't serve two masters. Some people will go to a prosperity conference and they get so into prosperity that they, it's all, their eyes are coming out just on them. And the more needs that you have, the easier that happens. Some of the greediest people on the planet have nothing. And God wants to take somebody with nothing, full of toil, full of darkness, and he wants to get their eye clear so that they can all of a sudden, they still have nothing, but now their eye's clear. Now they're not, they're not freaked out, and they're trusting God every day. And very quickly, God will move them out of that place. But you got to start the process. Guess what, guys? We're starting the process. This is what this is all about. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise. That word despise means he will treat the other one like he's common. That's what a lot of Christians do. They're holding on to, I just got to work harder. I got to figure this out. I got I to gotta do this. But they're treating God as common. Well, I'll just serve him later. I'll just do this later. I'll just, no, 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 man. You'll blink and 10 or 20 years go by. Now, I don't know that that's going to happen anymore, guys. 
I don't think we have any more 10 or 20 years to blink. Because we're going to blink one day and Jesus is, we're going to be standing there. We're going to hear a trumpet and we're going to go from faith to sight and you will have wanted to have this one fixed. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon was a Chaldean word that literally stood, it was a god of mammon, the god of materialism. It was a Chaldean word. It was from the Babylonian system, which the world system is basically the Babylonian system, right? It was money that would be gained with greed. In other words, the heart motive was wrong, Right? God wants your heart motive to further the kingdom. Everything in my life is about furthering the kingdom. This is so big. Verse 25, therefore I say unto you. In other words, he said all of this, and now he's saying, therefore, because of everything that I said, because where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. Because whatever your eye, if it's clear or darkened, this is going to really, it's going to make, a, make the decision whether you're serving God or whether you're serving mammon. And then he says now in verse 25, therefore I say unto you, take no thought. In the Greek, this Greek word thought, it's a combination of a couple words. It means no anxious thought, which is worry. The Bible is saying, therefore I say to you, because of everything I've said, don't worry. Take no thought for your life. Don't worry about your life. What do you mean? What you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Don't worry about the needs of your life, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. I'm telling you, needs being met on God's level is not just having just enough to pay your electric bill. It's enough to pay yours and 10 other people's electric bill, right? It's enough to buy your groceries and everybody else's groceries, Oh, pastor, that's just too good to be true. Yeah, it's called the gospel. It's called the gospel of the kingdom. Right? Look at this. Jump down to verse 31 for time. Verse 31. From verse 26 through verse 30, it talks about birds and all this stuff, about how the world's set up. But then in verse 31, he says again, therefore, take no thought, and then he brings a little more clarity to it. Take no thought saying. And now, how do you worry? You start to speak an anxious thought and it will take you into worry. You'll have this thought. You'll look at what's going on in your life and all of a sudden, your mind, if it's not renewed, will, start, will, not, will not say, it is written, it is written. It'll start going, oh man, this is looking bad. This, is, this could go this way, and then you'll start speaking that, and that'll take you deeper and deeper into worry. Listen, if you're worrying, all you got to do is start speaking God's thoughts, and it will completely take you right out of worry. Right? You start, I, I want to encourage you, if you're in financial trouble, you just start walking around saying, Father, every time you get a thought, I don't have enough. 
Every time you're, you're, you have to talk to a creditor, every time you get paid and that money's already gone and you're trying to figure out how to make it, Father, I thank you. You are my God and you shall supply all of my need. I will not worry about finances ever again. Right? You'll get your eyes single in that. Take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Who is a Gentile? These were everybody who did not have a covenant with God. That is not you and I. We have a covenant with God. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek. See, God is saying, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about the things of your life. I know, trust me, I know you have need of all these things. Right? Well, we can't, we can't tithe, we can't sow offerings because, man, the school system that I live in is getting bad and I got to put my kids in private school so that they don't hear a bunch of nonsense and they could learn about God. But how am I going to come up with the money on this thing? You're in the kingdom. Don't worry about that. Your father will provide that. You claim the money, right? You bind Satan. Take your hands off of the $8,000 that I need, right? You bind Satan. You claim the money. You send your angels out into the earth. Now, you angels who are sent to minister to me, you go into the earth and get that $8,000, and now all that's left to do is, Father, I thank you that I have it. See, it says this, but see, don't worry about your life, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Isn't that good news? I'm telling you here tonight, guys, God loves you so much. He has a plan for your life and lack is not a part of it. God, Ephesians 3.20 is absolutely true. Our God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or even think, but it all works according to the power that is working in us. What is that? Our revelation knowledge of how much God loves us. I hope this is helping you tonight. We're going to keep going into this. Now we're going to have to take a break next Wednesday. You guys won't take a break here. I'll be watching this service from a beach in California, but Pastor Dave will be bringing it. But then when I get back, we're going to jump right back into it. And this is, this, I believe this is going to be a great series, a long series, and it'll help you. As you're going in this, I would encourage you, renew your mind. This is something the Lord told me years and years ago when I was a mess, decades ago. He said, Tony, trust begins in the area of your finances. And, and you know, for some of you, that might not be your area because you might have got that one figured out, right? But if you don't have it figured out, that's number one. That's kindergarten. God doesn't want you to go to first grade until you get out of kindergarten because he doesn't want you failing. He wants you ready for every phase of your ministry because you, he is the king we are the kings. He's the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. 
You are to have dominion in your life. You are to administer the kingdom of God, dispel the kingdom of darkness out of your life. And the Holy Spirit will help every one of us do that. Amen?